Friends, you are about to witness fangirling like you have never seen before. This is a cooking student meeting Julia Childs or a guitar student going back in time and meeting Jimi Hendrix. This is your pal Katie meeting Francine Rivers. <laughs> Francine Rivers is the GOAT, the OG, the most incredible author of our time. I am beside myself. If you don't know who Francine Rivers is, you are missing out. She is an incredible author, most known for her book, Redeeming Love. It was released 30 years ago and now being turned into a movie. It has impacted generations of women. Almost every time I bring this book up, people are like, oh my gosh, yes, it changed my life. That was my story as well. This book has totally changed my life. She's also written a ton of other incredible, beautiful books. But what we're going to talk about today is specifically the story of redeeming love. I only get 15 minutes with Francine because again, she's kind of a big deal. So in that 15 minutes, I want to make the most of our time together. This is why I'm starting this episode, just kind of giving you some backstory and letting you know what redeeming love is, who Francine is, and Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this episode. If you have not yet, I highly, highly encourage you to read the book and go see the movie when it comes out. And here is why. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Set in the gold rush era of the 1800s in a California town is the story of redeeming love. Our main character's name is Angel, and everyone can identify with Angel in one way or another, which is why it makes this story just stand the test of time. But I'm not going to give the whole story away, don't worry, but essentially Angel's mother passed away and no one wanted her. She was passed from person to person and ended up in a brothel. As you can imagine, she grows up calloused and angry. She is very hurt by men. She wants nothing to do with men. She thinks that there's not a good one on the planet. And then walks into the story, Michael Hosea. The story is a love story and it's all actually based on the biblical story from the book of the Bible named Hosea. And the beautiful part about this story is I read the book of Hosea in the Bible a few times and never got near the incredible way Francine tells this story in this relatable, you know, beautiful way, giving the characters names and faces and stories. And it's essentially God's love story to us. I'm going to cry just thinking about it right now. I read it four times and I want to read it again before the movie comes out. When you get this book, and I say when, not if, but you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's a big book. I promise you, you're going to read it in a weekend and wish there was a sequel. 
So the last time I read it, I remember so vividly, there's this scene of when Michael Hosea goes to win back his love. He goes to win back Angel and she has run away to the brothel because that's what she knows. And she thinks that that's what she deserves. And she thinks that Michael's too good for her. And plus she's a man and she's callous and there's so much going on in her brain. But Michael runs back to the brothel and he's like knocking down doors and he's punching people. And he is like relentlessly pursuing his love. Oh, okay. I'm to cry. Well, the last time I read this, it was about the same time the song Reckless Love came out. And there's that lyric, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. You guys, I was like undone. I was undone over the whole thing. And I'm, I'm just fully prepared to watch this movie with an entire box of tissues and not come home with a single one. It is such a beautiful, beautiful love story. Okay. So I've painted the scene for you. I have hopefully made you drink all of the Kool-Aid that you have to see this movie and get as excited about the story as I am. Now, my friends, put on your seatbelts. We are about to meet the queen of all authors, Francine Rivers. Francine, I know we only have a short time together, but I already prepped the audience about who you are, what redeeming love is in case they don't know, which would be a crying shame. But we already told them a little bit about that, but I would just love to hear from you. Um, obviously, this book has stead, stood the test of time, you know, 30 years since publication. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and here years. being made into a movie, I would love to just kind of rewind 30 years ago when you sat to write these words. Why the book of Hosea? Why was that the story? Uh, it just really struck me. I grew up in the church, but you can be in the church and you can be in a pew and not really have a relationship with Jesus. It wasn't until I was in my late 30s, Rick and I were struggling in our marriage and we moved into a rental home. Rick was starting a family business, Rivers Aviation Services. And a little boy came over wanting to help us move in. And he said, have I got a church for you? You know. And um, the church was very different from what I'd experienced as a, as a child, but they were teaching uh, the scriptures, you know, here's chapter one, verse one, here's what the historical context is, here's what the scriptures say, and here's what it has to do with us today. And so it, um, it really broke me open. And I feel like that's when I became a Christian in that. And then Rick also, we were baptized together on the same day. We had, I opened, asked him if it'd be all right to have a Bible study. He said, sure, you know, because he didn't want to go to church at the time. So you bring the church to him. Oh, wow. And, um, but it was, it just, the story just touched me so much. I had a career in the general market for a number of years. When I became a Christian, I couldn't write for almost three years. And I believe that God was just saying, you know, you have, your writing has become an idol in your life. You're drawing from that rather than coming to me. And when the writing didn't matter anymore and I only cared about Jesus, you know, it was like he opened the door when we did the minor prophet series that the book of Hosea just blew me away because I was writing steamy historical romances in the past. But, you know, the world's kind of love is the feelings and feelings change. And I think God was telling me, you know, this is the love story I want you to write. It's really about me and how much I love each one of my people. And you did so it that's so really, beautifully. really, it came from <clears throat> Excuse me. I was just going to say no. And you did it so beautifully. And I think I'm getting the feels over here because you said you used to write romance and then God transformed your life. Writing was no yeah. longer an idol. Yet all of that had to take place, the breaking, as you said, and yes. then this masterpiece. <laughs> 
Well, he doesn't waste anything, I think, because I, I was learning how to write and basically being trained to write Redeeming Love by the books that I'd written before. And, you know, the Bible is a romance. It's a love story from beginning to end about how much God loves us. So, and I felt like I didn't have the past that Angel did, but we all as, um, we're all sinners and we start out as children of darkness and then we want control of our life and we're defiant about, don't nobody's going to tell me how to live my life. Then you kind of go through that fear stage where you know that uh, you belong to God and he wants to know he wants every part of you. He knows everything already, but he wants you to surrender every part. And then when you begin to look outside yourself, that's the humility stage and, and joy in the morning. I mean, he's, it's not just a, an earthly temporal relationship. It's a forever kind of love that I think people crave. And I think that's the draw of the story. It's what drew me to Hosea. It's like, just changes your whole mindset about who God is and how much he loves us. Well, absolutely. And I just, I can't get more excited about how God used your gifts because I've read Hosea before and I didn't get all of that out of it that I got out of Redeeming yeah. Love, but you did. And you used those gifts to make this beautiful book and now a movie. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, with fiction too, it's never meant to replace. It's always meant to kind of bridge sure. the gap and get people back into the real thing. And, you know, I've been asked before, you know, how do, how do you handle questions by people that can't seem to let go and they don't have a good feel about themselves or just trapped in shame. And it's go into the scriptures and see what God has to say about you because you are really precious and he has a special plan for your life, uniquely designed just for you. Yeah. I love that. I've looked up to you as a writer for a long time and on your website, you have some materials and books and stuff. But I, one of the things that stood out to me, like, go to the scripture. That's the greatest writing of all time. Yeah. Well, I say, the, you know, writers read yeah. uh, for a number of reasons, but you read for information and transformation. And the best place for information and transformation is scripture. Yeah. So good. Um, I have a quote over here on my bulletin board at my desk that from Anne Lamont. And it says that very few writers know what they've done until they've done it. And I'm curious with this book that has just been, you know, impacted generations at this point. We So many girls I've talked to, even on this podcast, oh my gosh, Redeeming Love, yes, changed my life. And of course, you have so many other life-changing books. Mark of the Lion series was so many. But with Redeeming Love specifically, as you're sitting down, you know, you enter that final manuscript and it's done. Did you have any idea it would become what it has become? No, not at all. And it, one thing that I didn't even know that I was touching on sex trafficking, I had no idea. I thought I was writing about something that happened 150 years ago, not now. And it was really readers educating me and writing to me about their their stories and telling me what had happened to them and how the book affected them. And I've always felt that, you know, I didn't have that knowledge. I, I didn't know that was all in there. It's just how God can use anything to reach his people, even a work of fiction, which is amazing. He can use anybody, anytime, any way he wants. So that's been an incredible thing. And, and out of the movie, what's really kind of thrilling to me is we have the Redeeming Love Sanctuary Foundation has come out of this movie. Um, I met Holly Caruso, who's the director's wife, and she and I had talked about... Um, you know, what we were going to do with proceeds. Cause you know, we, Rick and I want to give the money 
to charity. We've always given the money from Redeeming Love to charity because it's God's first fruits. That's my first book as a born again Christian. It really belongs to God. And this foundation, it's a way to really focus in on giving it to uh, organizations that are on the front lines of fighting sex trafficking and working with survivors. So we're do- we've given out four grants this year already. Wow. Our, not this year. I mean, 2021. Right. Now we're in 2022. But we're just starting out. And that's the vision that we have. Wow. You know, from the movie. The movie is entertainment, but we want something to come from that that'll be really for good purpose to help those that have been really severely harmed and damaged by sex trafficking. And you, yeah, and you didn't even see that coming yet. I think I heard on one of your other interviews that it's being used in therapy to help victims of trafficking. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I never expected that, but I, I was receiving letters and how they used it. I went to a conference, <clears throat> excuse me, called the International Conference on Prostitution. And it that's where I learned. They asked me to come and speak. And I thought, well, I don't know anything about these things. And they said, well, you have no idea how redeeming love is being used all over the world. Wow. It's like, really? You know, and that went and I was able to meet these people, incredibly brave people on the front lines that are fighting against sex trafficking around the world and working with survivors. So that, you know, it, it really readers can educate writers. They can, you know help us know what, what the book was all about. I had no idea. I had no idea. You made more of an impact than you even know. Um, I have to tell you my own personal story with your book. I was a new believer. I was a new Christian. And, you know, my story is looking for love and all the wrong fraternity boys and, you know, left myself broken and heartbroken and jumping through all the hoops and um, brand new Christian. Someone recommend this book to me. And of course I'm just like boohooing with every page and during the reading, which didn't take long, but I started dating my husband and just mm-hmm. this godly man, the best picture of Michael Hosea I've ever seen to walk the face of this earth. And your line, I destroyed his dreams, but he made me wind chimes. Ah, oh, Francine, no, no. it stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. And Brian's like, yeah. I didn't destroy your dreams, but it was just this beautiful, like I was this hellion girl and this and this I meet this beautiful you know god-fearing man and um it, mm-hmm. it was it was a picture of angel and michael in in my life and it was really impactful so i appreciate that well and people what i need to have people know too that it can be the reverse because it can be the wife who's playing the part of michael yeah. loving a husband that's wayward yeah so it you know di- different people at different times and in different ways it's it just struck me like Paul, I think Paul has his own redemption story. And I wanted to name him Paul because he's sort of a reflection of Saul of Tarsus, you know, and how he has to have his Damascus Road experience and, and come full, come fully to the Lord at the end. And it's angel that brings him. So it's, you know. I never thought about God that. Uses her at the end. It's like, you know, even uh, how God uses her life for a good purpose at the end where she's reaching out and reaching other girls that were yeah. being trafficked. And that's true now. You know, there there are survivors that are very involved in the organizations and they really have a voice. They can go out and they can speak to people that are in the midst of it and they can tell them, you know, this is the way out and this is somebody that loves you and here. This is the truth. Don't listen to the lies that you're being told. Yeah. Well, you may have already answered this, but, you know, I, I shared my story of it being impacted. I'm sure you've had 30 years worth of people coming up and, oh my gosh, this story impacted me. 
you mentioned sex trafficking. Is there is there another story that maybe just stood out that like, wow, I can't believe, you know, this was so impactful for this person? Well, uh, the atonement child, which had real personal impact on me because I was right. I was dealing with my own abortion from college years when I wrote that book. And I was in a post-abortion class and I had people surrounding me and praying for me, but I had a number of women after that book came out, come and tell me or write letters to me about their, the impact that they had and the healing that they felt came from that. But that really is from God because he was with me every step of the way through writing that book. And that was probably the most painful book I've ever had to write. So it's just, I think, you know, every book I've written, pretty much every one, always starts with a question. I'm trying to find God's perspective and the characters are playing out the different points of view. And there's one struggling Christian at the center trying to figure out, you know, what's the answer to all this. So, and that's kind of where I am when I'm writing. Okay. What's the answer? I don't have it. You have it. Show me where it is. I love it. Oh my goodness. Well, you've written so many beautiful books. I say masterpiece. I know there is a book, The Masterpiece, but you know, there's so many yeah. masterpieces in your work. But how does it feel to have one of those books being turned into a movie? I know you're really involved with the process. Yeah. It's it's really exciting. I you know, and on, on just about everybody involved in this project. Uh, not all the ca- not all the cast and not all the the um, the crew, but we were hoping to reach them too. But um, there, we we had one basic goal, and that's to glorify God. That we hope that when people see this movie, they walk away and they know there is a God and He loves me, and that they will dive in and see who He is in Scripture. So that's the hope, and I'm hoping that that Christians will use it as a tool and you know take an unsaved friend or a family member to watch it because then you can talk about deeper things about the faith, the faith story, your own testimony, because there really, there's one choice, one decision you have to make that has eternal consequences. And that's who do you say Jesus is? So I'm hoping a lot of people will come to Christ and, you know, he can use anything, but you know, he's the one that has to work it. He's the one that works it all out. I love that. It's in his hands now. It's now in his hands. He'll do with it what he chooses to do um yes i love that i was gonna say i saw a clip where it was someone one of the crew and it was like before being on this set i i didn't know who jesus was but hearing the story i want to know and i was like oh. yeah yeah that's that's what we're hoping yeah. and this was it's filmed in new zealand correct it was filmed in south africa oh, south africa and yeah, and the film was actually completely finished 24 hours ahead of the worldwide shutdown of COVID. Oh it was com- all done, and the rest of it was finished over the next year in private studios, you know, putting in the music and all that. But the movie's been ready for about a year, but we've been waiting for the theaters to open up. So Wow. Um, yeah. I, 24 hours before the shutdown, that, if that's not God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, it was... It was miraculous. And there were things that happened, you know, different scenes and how nature cooperated because there's one scene with Michael in the, in the chapel and he's praying and saying, you know, I, you've given me all these blessings, but I'd like to be able to share it with somebody. And as he walks out the door, the, there is a, an amazing thing that happens in South Africa where the clouds just come pour and they pour over the mountains. And it was like God just speaking to him that, your prayers answered and of course the next scene he sees angel 
and he knows God's saying, that's your wife. So I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was really something. And we, we were there for about three weeks to watch the filming. And that was quite an experience to see the sets. I mean, uh, the costuming, everything is just beautiful. Wow. Really well done. Well, when I see the movie on the 21st and I've already got it booked, I got my two friends I'm going with and I'm planning to see it several times, but I'm going to be sitting there with my popcorn and imagine you're sitting beside me. I would love to know what you would tell our listeners, like maybe just kind of elbow them like this point right here, pay attention. I'm, I mean, obviously the yeah. whole movie, but is there a part you would kind of elbow us? Well, I think you'll recognize some of them. You'll recognize it, it when, if you've read the book and you've read the book, you will, you will, the scenes that you're expecting to be there or hoping to be there are there like the foot washing, you know, and there is, there are two love scenes that are pretty steamy, <laughs> but sex is a gift from yeah. God within the bonds of marriage. Yeah. It's a real blessing. So that's what we wanted to portray, the, just how beautiful it is between a man and woman who love each other and are married. Um, but, you know, Duke is as bad as he can be. And, you know, there is a good ending for him. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I, I probably would just say, do you see Jesus here and here and here? Because we're trying, to, you know, the way it's filmed, hopefully you'll see him all through the whole film. Oh gosh. In the way Michael is loving Angel. I'm so excited. Um, I usually ask my guests as our last question, if you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you say? However, I have a special question for you. And that is if you could have coffee with a modern day angel, and maybe that's the girl looking for love and all the wrong frat boys. Maybe that's the girl mm. caught in sex trafficking. Maybe that's just the girl looking for worth in the wrong places. I would love to know what you would tell her. I've had coffee with a number of angels and the message is always the same. God loves you. You know, don't listen to what's being said to you around you. Go to God and then seek out people that are going to encourage you and walk the walk with you. Francine, you are my favorite. This is all of my fangirl hopes and dreams come true. I know you're a busy woman, so I will let you go, but it thrills me to no end to have met you today. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. So after we were done recording, I took a minute and I called or text my friends. Oh my gosh, I just got to meet Francine Rivers. You guys, I'm serious. I have a girl crush hard, but I told my friends, I refrained from begging her to adopt me. So I feel like it was a home run. You guys, I mean, look at this amazing woman. She points it all back to Jesus. They're giving the proceeds of the movie to charity. I mean, I cannot love this woman more. And I have a confession. I have not said this yet on the podcast. So here's the deal. I think the true reason why I love her so much, well, obviously her books are amazing and everything else, but I have a dream <laughs> of writing a book, not of course, nearly as good or as thought out or whatever, but based on the woman at the well from John chapter four, I, it is my life changing verse. And she so beautifully told that story in a way that makes it relatable. And that is my dream for the woman who well, said it out loud. After we hung up from that recording, she gave me a few tips. It was just a few minutes, but by golly, you know, I'm going to treasure her words on that. And since I'm so intimidated to write the fiction story, like she has wrote this masterpiece of redeeming love, I'm actually already in the process of writing a nonfiction, similar sort of story-ish all about the woman at the well. I feel like this is my 
warm up to hopefully also eventually write a fictional story based on the woman at the well. But it's the longest recorded conversation with Jesus in scripture, so there's plenty there. But all that being said, this is yet another reason why I look up to Francine so much, the beautiful storyteller that she is, because I have hopes and dreams of doing something similar with my homegirl at the well. But what I want you to learn, my dear listener, from this episode, from this conversation, is please, this is not me encouraging you or even suggesting it. This is me bullying you. (laughs) This is me forcing you. You have to go see Redeeming Love in theaters. Why? Because I think it will change your life. Whether you've read the book and you've been a fan for a long time or you are new to the story and you think I'm a crazy person. Either way, I promise you will not be disappointed. Side note, if you're a Bachelor fan, make sure you check out the Redeeming Love Companion Podcast. It's hosted by Maddie Pruitt. I've listened to every episode because, of course, I have, and they're all really good and will really help you understand the movie more. Okay, so I want you to see this movie because I, number one, think it will change your life. It is literally God's love story to you pictured on the big screen. I mean, perfection. And the number two reason I think we all need to show up and see the movie is because you change the world with the dollars you spend. If we want to go tell Hollywood, hey, we want to see more movies like this. We want to see more Christian stories. We tell them that with our dollars. We need to show up in droves. My dream is we will pack out every theater nationwide. Bring your mama and your sister and your Aunt Melba. I don't know why I pick on Aunt Melba. It doesn't matter. I plan on going multiple times. It's so important to not only show up and just get the beautiful benefits from this movie, but to show Hollywood we support it. We are here for it. We want to see more of it. I'm planning to go opening night with my three girlfriends. I'll probably go again with my husband, and I might see it by myself one time with a box of tissues because I need need a moment, okay? I need a moment. (laughs) Highly encourage you. Make sure you see the movie, and of course, I promise you will not be disappointed if you read the book as well. Whew, Okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing my love for this book. Tag me on social media if I forced you (laughs) in the best way to see the movie. And I cannot wait to pack the theaters out January 21st. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Bulmer Life so I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party.